Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. And I know that you are here to listen to the best humans on the planet to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Let's do this. Got the perfect human for you. Okay, her name is Bernadette Bose, and I, ho- I hope I said that right. You did. Bernadette Bose. Did I? Yep. Yes. Yep. She's simply known as the ball of fire. So you know we're about to have some fun up in here. Okay, so Bernadette is an executive coach. She's a speaker, a trainer, a podcaster, a video cast host. And um, she also has the Ball of Fire coaching. All right, so we're going to get into that. She is transforming lives of corporate executives, teams, and businesses around the globe so they can become the powerhouses that they are meant to be. So Bernadette, let's get into it, Ball of Fire. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you very much, Nina. (laughs) Good. I'm really, really glad you're here. I'm really glad you're here because I know this is going to be so fun. So Bernadette. The way I like to start the show is to have my beautiful audience know a little bit more about you. So the first question is, who is Bernadette Bose? Who are you, woman? Wow. <laughs> who am I? What a loaded question. Um, I am just a pumped up, high energy, loving life woman, friend, lover, love dog, it. dog owner, uh, pickleball player. I love and, it. Yes. And, um, you know, very, you know, family oriented type of individual who uh, just absolutely loves helping people realize their potential. What got you there, though? Was that, you know, I know that, um, you know, I know you work with corporate. So mm-hmm. was it because you were or were you burned out in corporate? Did you start off always? Did you always do corporate as a career? Tell me a little bit about your your journey. Uh, well, my journey is 25 years in corporate uh, in pretty much every every position you can imagine from retail to technology all the way to a, a VP slash C-level executive. Mm-hmm. Um, in late 2007, I was fired by my mentor of 12 years. Wow. And so there I found myself standing in the middle of a parking lot with a pink slip in my hand and like this single box of my 25-year <sighs> career. Wow. Wondering what the hell just happened. Like, right. you know, why am I standing here in the middle of this parking lot? And right. um, I decided at that very point in time, too, because as much as I was feeling anger and bitterness and confusion and, you know, I was perplexed, I was also there was this small little part of me that was very excited. Right. And kind right. of just knowing. 
And yet Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was knowing. And so I went off on what I call my excavation of my soul type of journey over the next uh, year or two. And it was on a run with my dog in, in, uh, at a park when I was running through my mind kind of the last 25 years and all the situations, encounters, experiences, people that, you know, I, I worked with, I was involved with trying to figure out like, you know, who was I and why was I standing in that right, parking lot? Right. And I, you know, finally just came face to face with her in my mind. And she was a very ugly, um, angry tyrant of an individual who, mm. you know, just kind of ruled with an iron fist and was far from the servant leader, you know, that I actually coach and work on today. Right. Um, and I just knew right then and there that. I had to use my story, my lessons, my best practices, everything, including a formula that I had uncovered during my journey uh, to kind of help other people. Yeah, that that's powerful, isn't it? When you have to stand and face yourself, right? <laughs> yes. It's a very painful, yes, powerful, yes. life transformative, you know, experience. It really yes. is. So, tell me about why you think when you faced yourself, why were you a tyrant? Why did you rule with an iron fist? Where did that come from? That came from, and um, that came from a lot of my own insecurities, not a lot, like all of my insecurities, my fears, my feeling of intimidation, not fitting in, not Mm. feeling good enough. And I masked them you know, I decided to cover them up and mask them by projecting myself in this, like I'm going to get you before you get me type mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. type of um, attitude and behavior and uh, personality. And so I, you know, felt like it, that will work and protect me and keep me safe from really having to look myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of why I all of a sudden took it on. I will also add that I had some influences in my early twenties where I, I'm one of 12 children out of um, Philadelphia, a very, you know, middle-class family. And all of a sudden I landed up in Boca Raton, Florida, which is like the Rodeo Drive of the Southeast. And I'm amongst all of these kids in college that have all this money and they throw it around and they demanded it around and they were curt around, you know, wanting to get what they want based on the fact that they had all this money. And I said to myself, well, you know what? I'm really looking for power, position, and prosperity too. And if that behavior gets what they want, ah, I see. Then maybe it'll work for me too. Yeah. Uh, so I just kind of took it on as a part-time type of, you know, mask. And yet, year after year after year, especially as I did get successful and I started acquiring all of right. that, I, was I ask just, you that. Mm-hmm. yeah, I just started to embed that that side of me, that person kind of fed the ego, right? Kind of yes. fed that ego, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. That's interesting. And you know what's interesting too, Bernadette, is I know I, you know, I fifty, so I've been working for a long time, but I I know that that style of leadership is not unheard of. And it's also a style of leadership that I think is more old school. 
right? And I say that because that uh, that's me. That's how I was, you know, right. for for uh, years ago. Right. I was the same. And right. so I get that, right? And especially when you are thriving in your career, right. then it kind of validates right? It kind of validates and justifies that behavior, even though you don't always feel that good though, either. Right. Like sometimes you go home and you don't feel that good about that. Right. But you're not, yeah. you're not, you're not relating that ugly feeling to the fact that it's because yeah. you're being ugly. Right. You're, you know, you're blaming everybody else. You're finding some yeah. other reason outside of yourself to kind of, you know, stick it on. Right. Uh, and um, and now I will say, because I'm asked all the time, well, did you do it because you were so successful and you were a woman in a man's industry and multiple industries and you were the only woman at the table? Did you take it on because you felt you had to be that way? And I said, no, I'm one. Like I said, I'm one of 12, six of which are are uh, men now. <laughs> um, and my father was a military guy. So, yeah. you know, I had no fears or intimidations walking into a room, you know, full of men. Right. You know, and I didn't feel like I had a, uh, I had a mirror them to be successful. I did it just simply because I had a lot of these fears and securities and negativities that had nothing to do with that. It had to do with, well, how do I get power, position and prosperity? Um, and am I good enough to, to get it? And I mean, mm -hmm. am I worthy enough to get it? Mm -hmm. And therefore, well, these kids seem to, to, to get it. So maybe that'll right. work for me too. Right. That, I mean, that's real, right? That's just sure. real. Sure. And so Bernadette, so then when you were sitting in that park, when you were standing in that parking lot, man, I could, I, when you were explaining, I could imagine that feeling, oh God, that's a horrible feeling, right? Uh -huh. it's, a, it's a horrible feeling and probably the best thing that ever happens to someone, oh, absolutely. you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. depending on how you take it, though, Bernadette, because right. some people can right. go into a spiral and right. go into a, a dark place. Right. But you decided to do a different thing. Right. Yes. So when you started to face that other person or that thing that you did not like about you or, you know, things that you were doing or what was that process for you? Like was um, personal development and all that part of your life at that time? Or were you just <laughs> were you just like facing it going, what the F? You know? right. <laughs> like. Yeah. If, you know, had you told me 12, 15 years ago that I'd be in the woo woo business, <laughs> I would have told you you're effing crazy. You know, you're effing. I even have a program that's called it's a how to not woo woo uh, because it, you know, just talking about mindset and mindfulness and emotional intelligence was so far from my, <laughs> from my verbiage. Um, but I That's had so to get that little twins that I talked about in, you know, as I was standing there in that parking lot of excitement and curiosity, yeah. I kind of, that was what all of a sudden spoke to me. What now I'm very faith-based. So I also yeah, saw too. that as, you know, you know, God talking to me yeah, saying, don't go down. Like what you said, don't go down a black hole, right. kind of recognize that this is your time to take ownership and responsibility for whatever it is. I didn't know at the time. For whatever right. it is you, you know, you, you did and what part you played in you standing in the middle of that parking lot. Right. And um, so I happened to inherit from my father um, a love of journaling. And he, I mean, you know, he always carried around this little book in his, in his um, shirt pocket uh, and he was always scribbling. And so I was curious when I was like eight or nine. 
And he just talked to me and he just said, you know, capture your day, capture your feelings, capture your experience. Yeah. He wasn't capturing that. He was capturing how do I feed 12 kids? Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) right. He's capturing, you know, the budget (laughs) and the spending. Uh, But I, so my journaling and um, my journaling saved me because one, for at that point, 30, 40 years, I had never read my journals. I would, I just scribble. I'm a journaler that just scribbles yeah. and then puts it away. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to those journals and see if I can find where I started this transition. And then I obviously, you know, I'm a, a journal collector. So then I started pulling blank journals off the shelf and I started filling them up, just kind of just purging and purging. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, okay, I have to start asking myself some really deep questions, heavy, heavy questions. Um, And it was, you know, questions that don't seem heavy, but at the same time, most people don't ask them. And if they do, they don't spend time with them. And so it was like, who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do I not want to be? What do I want? What do I not want? What's important to me? You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I would just kind of do a surface run through of answering those questions. But then I spent weeks and months, if not years, digging even further to where I probably have like a book of each of those responses now. Um, And that's what kind of I, so I went on my own personal, like I said, excavation of my soul journey. And I, I did capture that. I did go through like these five phases, which is very, you know, it's almost similar to the uh, stages of grief. Mm -hmm. I realized that I, I was going through these stages of, uh, and I call it my shift to riches formula, which is discover, confront, shed, so you can create and accelerate. Awesome. So I was recognizing that I was discovering who I was. Um, I was confronting the good, the bad, and the ugly. I was shedding, making decisions about shedding what I didn't want and who I didn't want and and where and what I didn't want in my life anymore, which left me on my couch alone for a long period of time. hmm uh, but then as I was allowing all of that to happen, I all of a sudden started creating, accelerating new goals and new aspirations and new relationships and new business opportunities and new, you know, creativity. And all of a sudden the world started opening up to me and I, you know, was shedding all of that ugliness that I had you know, before. And I was becoming someone that even a couple years into it, two ex-employees thought I had a facelift. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. Yeah. So, that's you know, powerful. cause they were like, you look like 15 years younger. Like what happened? And I'm like, right. I shedded my bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I get yeah. that. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. so powerful. Right. Because it's, it's so, you know, because you're faith-based, I, I can say this to you because you know, God allows us to go through these journeys. And then we look at these journeys and are able to pull out everything we need to impact and help someone else. It -hmm. is just mind blowing to me uh, when God does that, because Mm -hmm. I've seen it in my own life. Right. And I, and I'm helping women, I help women too, right. To transition and, and, and like, just see themselves for who they really are. But it wasn't because, Oh, I just woke up and that's what I decided to do. Right. It's because of the journey. And, right. you know, right. uh, I feel like when you have this relationship with your creator, you have to say a uh, relationship with God, it's almost like it jumps out of the pages and you start to go, Oh, 
oh wow, wait a sec. What I got a whole system here. Yes. Right? Yes. Isn't that amazing. Yes. And my, I wouldn't amazing. say mine jumped. Mine kind of like tiptoed. <laughs> you know, mine was a whole tiptoeing of like, you know, paying that. attention that he's telling me something or yeah. he's showing me something or That's he's teaching good. me something or he's re rewarding me with something. Um, and then I just kind of said, you know what, if I focus on that stuff versus focusing yeah. on this other greedy, you know, power, ego, vanity type of, you know, other, you know, things, then I'm always happier. So yeah. why don't I live over there and give up on caring <laughs> right. what other people think and what, you know, what car they drive and what car I drive and, right. you know, how big my, you know, office is or how much money I make. I just let it all, 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 all go. So how did you decide that you wanted to get back into corporate, right? Because you're, you're going in it, but you're going in it in a different way. How yeah. was that for you? Because you know, walking into corporate to do that again, you, I mean, how was that? How did well, that it took 10 years to do it. Yeah. So when I left corporate, I absolutely knew I wasn't going back. It was like, there is no way that little thing, that little you yeah. know, something was telling me, yeah, you don't need to go back into that environment and get triggered again. You know, that wasn't a healthy environment for you. Hmm. Um, so I went off and I started my uh, coaching and consulting business at the time of which was very much focused on entrepreneurs and small business. And I lived there for a really long time, loved it. But then in 2011, I published my book, Shedding the Corporate Bitch. And people kept saying to me, what are you doing with entrepreneurs when everything about you bleeds corporate? Like, right. and, and they need your, but you message. were avoiding it, right? It sounds yeah, like you were avoiding well, it. Well, yeah. I, I was purposely <laughs> avoiding it because right. I did not, I had to work on myself first so I don't get triggered. Right. right. Uh, and so, uh, so I would say it was around 2016, 17. I then started attracting again, you know, opening the universe was opening up opportunities for me and sending me in different direction. And all of a sudden people were coming to me saying, Hey, you know, I have this high potential, but struggling leader in corporate in my team, you know, in my business, on my team. And based on your story, you know exactly what they're dealing with. And therefore, can you help them? And I'm like, you know, at first I was like hesitant, right. um, but I thought, okay, they're, they're looking for me from a one-on-one -on -one perspective. I can deal with that because I'm not going into the environment. Right. Um, and so I did Whoopsies. that. For, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so I did that for a while until then that started just expanding to where I was looking, you know, working with the teams, working with the entire businesses, going into that environment. That's so good but, though. But yeah. by that point, I had gained such a firm, confident knowledge of who I was and who mm -hmm. I did not want to be. Mm -hmm. And so I just had this fierce um, knowing that it wasn't going, I wasn't going to go down that path. And I now I can control who I work with, why I work with them, so forth, so forth and so on. And if I find an environment that's toxic or not healthy for me, mm -hmm. um, that could be an individual, that could be, you know, a team or the company itself, then I just say no. And I'm not that desperate for the income to where I have to say yes.
Right. That's really, really good. I want you to touch a little bit on that for those who are listening, because I have a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs and I have a lot of leaders and things that listen to the show. Right. So I love it. If you tell us a little bit about what is the work that you're doing with these people, with the teams and the and the corporations, what, what do you do with them? Um, so I'll start from the individual up. Uh, so first, the individual, I work one on one from a leadership development perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be um, it could be new up and comers. It could be high potentials. It could be uh, emerging leaders. It could be very seasoned leaders who just are struggling. And again, it's not that I don't have entrepreneur businesses, small businesses that I work with, but it's predominantly where I market is to corporate. Mm-hmm. And so it's a one-on-one, let's get you shifted. Let's get you transformed from being, you know, kind of a high potential, but not productive from a leadership perspective. Maybe you're getting great results. You're tactically and functionally uh, performing extremely well, but you're not being the type of leader um, that is developing and and enriching your teams and organizations. Um and then from a individual pers- or f- from the in- individual perspective, then they've recognized um, in a lot of cases where there's multiple <laughs> individuals on a team mm-hmm. that then are um, kind of skewing the dynamic of what they want from a you know the the collective team's perspective. So I do everything from um, assessing individuals and the team. Uh, I do everything from like disc assessments, 360 assessments, and then working on team dynamics, working on the, um, if you're familiar with uh, Patrick um, Lenasoni's five dysfunctions of a team. Oh. Uh, so working on the all the different aspect uh, aspects of team dynamics. So we're taking teams that are what I'll call dysfunctional. Um, maybe they're immature, you know, they haven't been mm-hmm. working together for a long period of time, uh, but maybe they're also somewhat toxic and mm-hmm. really just getting in there and identifying where the breaks are and where the opportunities are. And then how do we fill that gap? Um, and so that's, that's from good. a te- team perspective. And then from a business perspective, it could be, you know, what does my team need to look like? What type of profiles should I be going after internally or externally that's good to fill slots mm-hmm. yeah. that's, that's really good and you know that that's so needed too bernadette because there is toxic toxicity right there is this mm-hmm. toxic environment it can be very challenging especially when you're working in teams mm-hmm. have you noticed you know being that you've been working at this for some time and you worked in corporate before mm-hmm. now post pandemic Mm-hmm. What's some of the shifts that you have seen when it comes to like leadership or how to handle uh, teams, employees, things like that? What have you seen? Well, definitely, um, I would if I was still in corporate post pandemic. I think the day after, it, I would have definitely been fired because it's because the beautiful thing coming. Uh, one of the major gifts, and there's been a number of gifts coming out of it. This you know three year peer, time period. One of them is the fact that they're recognizing that their people are so damaged, mm-hmm. are so affected by everything that went on. It, I mean, it was very traumatic and there's a yeah. lot of PTSD emotionally as yeah. a result. 
um, for a lot of various reasons, you know, that, that, you know, that businesses have to deal with. So leaders, you know, the C-level and the seniors really want to figure out how do we become more empathetic, more compassionate, more people leaders. Uh, I mean, they always have said in the 80s and 90s, people are your number one asset. Well, that went away when it really got greedy in oh, the, yeah. the 2000s. And that became just so watered down. It doesn't mean, didn't mean anything anymore. Right. Now right. it really does because they know that they have to take care of the people. And even right now, yeah. there's two openings uh, for every one individual that's out of work. So there's not a labor force out there, even with all the massive layoffs that you yeah. know, are going on that's right true. now. There's still a shortage and therefore they recognize that they have to take care of their people and their people deserve, and it's being demanded, especially from the younger generations. Yeah. It's being demanded that, you know, the, the traditional old school, uh, uh, corporate structure has to change if they're going to retain and develop their people and therefore their business. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's really been a different shift, even for me as a leader, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, I've seen definitely a different shift of of mindset, of mm -hmm. behavior, and mm -hmm. also of connection. I've noticed yes. that people who are working with you now want to feel connected yes. to the yes. work, to the team, to the place, whatever that thing is that drives them. Right. They want to feel this connection. Now, before it was we needed a job. We grew in the job and yeah. we did it to the point where we retired well, right? right? Right. That's not what they care about anymore. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. They'll no, stay no. with you until they don't want to. Right. No, <laughs> it's it's like, yeah, it's like a year in, eh, what yeah. if there's something else? And you're like, I just trained you for like ever. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah. uh, you know, you do your best. And as as leaders, we're shifting and changing all we the time. We have to. So we have to. We yep. have to. We have to. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it, it's actually demanded of us now. It's yes. demanded of us now, right? That that's good. And it's behavior. good. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think good. so. It's good in some ways. It's a little hard in others. Oh, it's, um, it's very hard. That's why yeah. a lot of companies are still struggling with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of, um, and I've noticed, uh, you know, as I, as I go out there and I do my research too, to see what other companies are doing and things like that, I noticed there's a lot of hybrids of, of now they're hybriding a lot of the, the roles, you know, like, I feel like some roles are like, oh, you'll do this, but you'll also do this and you'll do this and do this, you know? Right, and I think right. to your point, it could be the shortage. Yeah. You well, know? That, and that, that is, that's a legacy that's always happened when, because uh, especially right now, um, you know, with the potential uh, recession that could be coming, uh, you know, down the line sometime. And I don't let my clients focus on it because then yeah. that's just worrying about something that may not ever even happen. And if it does right. happen, let's put a plan together to, you know, to um, uh, kind of react to it, respond to it proactively. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I don't I don't think. You know, it's. I think things are only going to get better and richer uh, for individuals because that's I encouraging. Think, yeah, because the people are demanding it. They're no yeah. longer just going to accept. Nope. Even you know the whole quiet quitting concept of I'm not going to take on 
you know, any task you want me to do. If it's not in my job description, I'm not doing it. Um, Only because of the fact that they want to be appreciated. They want to add value. They want to feel connected. They want to contribute. They want to make a difference. And um, I think, you know, I think uh, the employers have a very challenging time ahead of them. But at the same time, if they, you know, kind of pull together the right team, uh, to support them internally and externally, I think you know those that really care and yeah. want and want to kind of make those changes and grow and 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 enhance their their business. I think you know they'll be fine. Yeah, I think that's really fantastic. I love that you're doing this kind of work because I, you know, I really because me being in the space, I know it's needed, and I've seen the shifts, Bernadette. It's really clear. Like it's yeah. not, it's really clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know it what I mean? It's not like our old school mindset and behavior at all. Like that's not even like. <laughs> and I yeah. and I feel my old school come up when I hear excuses. I'm like. I don't do excuses. I don't do right. excuses. Right. You right. Know? Well, I, I would always say to people, you know, because we grew up in and worked in the period of, um, you know, kind of leave your emotions at the door. Yes. You know, don't bring your, you know, and nowadays I always talk to my clients about the fact that your people are not robots. Right. They right. have a lot of junk and they have a lot of beauty within them and yes. they're bringing it in, whether you yes, want them to or not. Yes. And, they are. And you have to let them bring it in. <laughs> That's fine. You have to let yeah. them bring it in, yeah. but you have to let them bring it in with a with a way to manage that. But they yeah. need your help to allow them to manage that. That's really great, Bernadette. And I know that, um, like I said, I have a lot of leaders, also emerging leaders, people who are C-suite. I speak to a lot of people in my community. So before I you know, wrap this up, I do want them to understand that you are still uh, actively working with these corporations and oh, sure. leaders and all of that. So yep. let's give them that information. How do they get in contact with you if they want to work with you, bring you on to like work with them and their teams, things like that? Because I think this is so needed. And I know there's a lot of people who are listening like, I can't keep a, a team to save my life. So maybe <laughs> this is where you look at this and say, is there something I can do? Is there something I can right. shift to? Is there something right. maybe I'm doing that I'm not seeing that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Because as leaders, sometimes we just lead and are not thinking of ourselves or what we can do to improve. Right. right. We're thinking of right. how we can improve the team and not ourselves. Right. 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 So Bernadette, give us like how people can work with you, what they can do to contact you, all that great stuff. Well, they can reach out to me at Bernadette Bowes at ballafireinc.com. Um, and, and, or go to ballafirecoaching.com and reach out to, to me through there. Uh, what I love to do is have an initial conversation, uh, just to see if there, it is something that I can help them with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then basically from there, we, I would just understand their goals and objectives and challenges and what it is that they need. And, and, um, and then we would say, you know, we would just put to, a plan together and go from there. That's great. Do you, um, do it all like virtually or do you go to the places or how do you do it? Both. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Depends upon what it is. Know. Depends upon um, what, what's needed. It yeah. depends upon what's needed. It, you know, whether or not, you know, if I can save the money and not have to go to them, then I, w- I won't. And uh, therefore we can do it remotely. But there are some things that you definitely want to have now that we can travel and have been able to, uh, that we would want to do on the ground. Okay, so you you would customize the package according to what they need. Right? Yes, I have okay. I have my own set of processes, methodologies, and frameworks that I use. But then, 
you know, every company has kind of yeah. unique slants uh, yeah. to their to their their needs and desires, not necessarily to their business, but their needs and their desires. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I make sure that it's specific to them. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, man, this was good, Bernadette. You give me hey. you know, some nuggets to think about. And, um, you know, I love that, you know, you know, looking at ourselves and really focusing on what we're doing, too, and seeing that this is changing, that the world is changing. People are demanding different things, you know, and that there's people out there like you as well that are willing to step into the ring with us and help yeah. us through it. Right. Because Absolutely. Sometimes, and especially when you're a, you're an old school thinker or somebody who used to lead an old time, you were on your own. And that's, I think, what made us so tough. Right? right because you right. were on your own but you had to still deliver you still had to you know come up with the numbers that they expected you mm -hmm. on that budget you still had to keep things aligned and you know now it's a little bit different you know i'm more of a of a mentor and a counselor and a coach at work um and i like i enjoy it because i've shifted my life so much that i'm able to do that now without yeah. feeling a, a type of way about it you know awesome. so that's yeah. really, really great, Bernadette. So thank you for spending time on Straight Talk and really Absolutely. enhancing our lives. I appreciate you. Well, thank, thank you. you for having me. It's been yeah. an honor. Thank you. It's been awesome. Guys, I told you, you would love her. I told you <laughs> I find the best humans. Make sure that you reach out to Bernadette. This is like a serious thing because as we keep growing, these corporations are struggling even more. And if you're listening and you're struggling, Bernadette might be the woman for you. So make sure that you really connect with her. I'm going to link all of her information below because I do want you to win. And that's always what this is about is mm -hmm. for you to impact somebody else's life so that you can win and they can win. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. You are the best. Okay. I have the best podcasting community ever. I really do. And I appreciate you guys being on here. Make sure you go on to winject.com slash register, W-I-N-J-E-C-T.com slash register and register for my free community because I want to be really um, connected with you and I want us to brainstorm and be with each other and connect in a deeper way. If you are looking for coaching, please make sure that you also email me at hello at straighttalknosugaredit.com. I work with women and I help them develop that business that they are envisioning in their hearts so that they can win. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you, love you, love you. This is Dina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.